Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 19 of the KDH podcast. It's another solo one from me, um, and it's very, very improv. Like, I'm getting more and more confident with these. I've literally just wrote down some points on my phone, and I'm just going to freestyle it. I was just out a walk with Sky there, and uh, I've came back inspired, listened to a couple of podcasts, chatting to other people. Um, I always say the quote to my clients, no bad thought has ever been thought of during a walk. And it is, they're certainly right. It's where I get some of my best content ideas. It's where my brain juices start flowing. It's where I feel good. Honestly, like everyone needs to be getting out walking. That's actually one of the points today. Um, so um, as well, I want to just say thank you very much for everyone listening. Like if anyone follows me on Instagram and that, you see that there's now people from all over the world tuned into this podcast. I was just even looking at America there, 2% of the listeners are from America. There was Virginia, Washington. It was, it was just really interesting to see how that's got out there. Um, so thank you very much. And there's like Guatemala, Trinidad and Tobago. So if you're still tuned in, keep listening, keep sharing it. Um, and if you are tuned in on Apple Podcasts, I want you to... Um, give me a five-star rating. I don't even know where to find this. I'm not a tech guy, by the way. I'm totally not a tech guy at all. I may look come across like that on my social media. Oh, my stuff's looking pretty sharp. I'm, I'm actually not. I'm pretty useless. I write down a lot of things and I use my notes for the most of my personal admin, but I get shit done. That's the main thing. So today, um, it was basically, it was initially 10 points and I called it the KDH 10 Commandments. This podcast is, I've been coaching now for three and a half years. I mentioned this last week in someone else's podcast. I've done a lot of one-to-one hours. I think I've done like three and a half, four thousand hours. I've run my boot camp for two and a half years. Um, and like, I feel like the growth of everything, the podcast, social media, content, uh, the business, everything is just blown up loads in the past six months, which I think has been great. And um, personally, like lockdown has been a good thing for me. Like, I know that sounds pretty bad, but it's, it has, has actually been a really, really good thing for me. It's allowed me to um, spread my wings no I'm only joking um, it's allowed me to uh, take a step back and look at the bigger picture and stuff and give me more time to do things so I wanted to basically do this podcast today to talk about different lessons that I've learned from my time of being a coach it's only been a short time but it's been a, I've done a lot of learning so the first the first point I've wrote down 11 points I'm just going to kind of talk about them freestyle and go for it the first one is the power of self-development. Now, I tell everyone to do this now, like even if you're listening to this podcast today, you are informally learning. Do you know what I mean? You're picking up points. You are opening your mind. You're growing your mindset. You're allowing for other views. And since when I started personal training um, in 2017, I never ever read at all. And it wasn't until about a year and a half down the line, I started reading. One of the biggest uh, game changers for me was picking up books and reading. Now, a lot of people use Kindles and it's not because I'm old fashioned. I don't use a Kindle. I like using a book because I'm always on my phone. Like, and I know like a lot of people say, oh, I use my phone for my business. That's why I'm on. I do do a lot of mindless scrolling. I'll put my hand up and say, I'm pretty addicted to my phone. I was talking about this in my stories the other day. Um, I'm very honest about everything. Um, but I make an effort of trying not to be on it. So I've not been using it after like half eight in the evening. Um, it's on airplane mode in the morning, so I'm not reaching for it. And it's I've, I've been doing a lot of different cues, which has been great for me to detach. Um, so it's a good thing. But um, basically, the reason I read books is to detach myself from my phone and any electronic device. They're a great tool for me. I'm actually going to read after this. The first, I'm reading uh, Des, uh, Killing for Company. Pretty hardcore, light read. Um, I don't, I'm not really usually into 
um, true, true crime books, but um, I watched the documentary on, I think it was a BBC documentary, uh, not TV series, I don't know whatever the producer was, but it was really good, so I felt compelled to read the book, and it's pretty insightful to the, the mind of a maniac. This podcast is going pretty dark right now, I'm going to go the other way. So um, reading, uh, this is my general type of book that I read, is self-development, like it's all to do with fitness, um, mindset, um, all different like sort of ways to, for me to grow as a person, grow my business, help my clients grow. That's what I read, and it's been a it's been a game changer for me. And the reason that it's been a game changer for me is that I, I looked at the common denominator between every successful CEO, fitness business owner, business owner, and the common denominator was that they read like the, like you look at some of the most successful people in the world, like it's something like. Bill Gates reads up to like it's a crazy amount of books in, in a week. I think he reads like a book a week. And this is one of the busiest men in the world. Don't quote me on that. I think it might be like three or four a month. But it's crazy how much he reads. And like, like I always hear people say things like I don't have the time. You're like, if the busiest man in the world can prioritize some time aside for reading, then it must bloody mean something. And it means that you're just making up excuses. So self-development doesn't even need to be reading. It means it could be anything at all. It could be literally listening to podcasts. It could be signing up to a course. All these things, since becoming a coach, it's been a massive part for me. I've done a lot of different courses with social media. But honestly, like if you aren't doing it already, like obviously if you're listening to this podcast, brilliant, your self-development, you're informally learning and you're picking up so much. Uh, so honestly, like I cannot emphasize it enough. Um, if you aren't already, make sure you're trying to do something to upskill yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean like going and being like sort of dead formal, going and doing a, a GCSE in maths. It could be genuinely like going and doing something on email marketing or social media blogging, anything at all, because that's the way things are going right now. So it's important to have that there. Um, the second point is, um, and it's only been in the past six months, I've really, really done this, is the importance of saying no. So I recently heard, I can't remember where it was, I heard this quote and it was, uh, fitness businesses spend the first three years of the business saying yes, and then they spend the rest of it learning to say no. And I can certainly put my hand up and say that that's what I've really done in the past um past six months because I've had the time to do it because I've had the time to step back um, it's, a, it's a big big thing now this doesn't even need to be for um, do you know what I mean like having your own business it could be like this happens day to day life this would be like people that like maybe in the office like maybe you're trying to improve yourself and you're like like you've got a pet you've got a coach you come to see me and I'm telling you to go out and go out for a 15 minute walk on your one hour lunch break but then you've got everybody in the office saying like oh why don't you just sign a book we can have I've like, brought donuts and all that and it's I'm not trying to demonize that but it's very easy to just succumb to that and I think the power of saying no and having those rules in place is so important and uh for me now um it's things like ha for having more time to myself if any of you follow me that's been a big thing I've been really talking about recently is prioritizing that time to yourself and for me it's been having a Tuesday off um, it's been not working in the uh, evening for PT past 6 p.m. and um, finishing at Friday at 12, not taking PT at weekends. And I'd done that initially. And yeah, I had some people ask me and uh, obviously I've got my, my group coaching that now as well. But and it, it's quite a bold move doing that. But like it's taken me a long time to be in that position. Don't get me wrong. Like you can't start off as a personal trainer and be like, nah, I don't work this day. I don't do this in the evening because at the end of the day, you need to build, you need to develop yourself. And it's the same like, it's the same in a fat loss journey. Like I, I've read a lot like different posts talking about like people always talk about nutrition tracking. People are like, Christian, how many calories should I eat? What, what What's this? What's that? And you're like, look, the reason that I'm so confident with it is because I've been doing it for years. I've practiced it well. I'm well versed in it. 
I've put in the groundwork, I've put in the hours to do it, so I've earned the right to be that I'm the position that I'm in. And a lot of people just go, oh, I want to be in that position, but they don't realize that it's the groundwork you need to put in to be there. So um, yeah, drifted off a wee bit there, but you need to learn to say no, because sometimes to move forwards, you need to take a step back. So this could be maybe saying no to nights out. I know that people get FOMO, the fear of missing out, but just say it honestly, like it can be a massive thing that's holding you back. Try and have little uh, ground rules in place. Try and have things that are like, you know, I mean, no, no weekends. Like a lot of people now, it's the sort of social norm to go out and get pissed every single weekend. Maybe try and make it every two or three weekends. And then you start to taper back. You see the the benefits of being more consistent and stuff because it like, it's just, it just starts off with that saying no. And it's going to be different for every single person. So have a wee think about that. Um, the third point that I've learned is that um, more people need to be walking. Now I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, like, we are lazy as a society, lazy as fuck. Like you can do everything from your phone. You can order food, you can order clothes, you can literally like, you can play games, you can jump onto Skype and see your pals, FaceTime. There's so many things you can do from the touch of your phone. When I was a wee guy, when you wanted to go and see somebody, you either phoned the house phone, if they didn't answer, you went and chapped the door. That's like pure, like no one would ever do that now. And like a lot of people like, yeah, like I always hear people say things like when it comes to fat loss and they go, I'm eating really healthy. And I'm exercising. I'm like, right, how many calories you're eating? Like, I don't know. I've been eating healthy. And you're like, that's so generic and broad. You can't just say that. But if someone is leading a sedentary lifestyle, then it's going to be easy to get into a position that you're going to be unhappy with your body composition. It's going to be easy to gain fat. Let's say that you were a five foot male or female, right? That didn't exercise and worked in an office and barely went out, like barely left the house, just love Netflix. And that's absolutely fine. And that person may be content. But they're in a position where their maintenance calories are going to be low just because the fact that their expenditure is so low and they're a small person. Because that person's small, it doesn't mean that they're going to have a small appetite either. They might have a massive appetite. They might have an opposite appetite the same as me. I can eat 4,000 calories in a day with the amount of work I've, I've done today. I'm just looking at my steps. I've done 15,000 steps. I'm still to go back into work for three sessions and I've still got my boot camp to take. I'll probably do 20,000 steps today and I've exercised. So... At the end of the day, my expenditure is going to be super high. And for that reason, I've got more flexibility with my nutrition. If you do not move, it's not saying that, oh, steps, burns, thousands, thousands of calories. Like double, like if you add that up, yeah, it does. But it's it does so much for your, your body composition. But not only that, it does so much for your mind. Like I've really used it as a headspace tool for the past sort of six months. Like lockdown, I was always active because of my job and stuff and my previous jobs and just I've never really made a point of going out of a walk during the week and I've been doing it. I'm just back from one right there and it's so good for your headspace as well. So more people need to move. We're very lazy and I think that we need to take action with that. It doesn't need to be going out doing a 90 minute walk at night. You can start off with doing two 10 minute walks. One when you get up, 10 minutes early, go for a walk, five minutes out, five minutes back and it can be the same again when you finish work. That's 20 minutes that you weren't doing and it can start off as small as that but it can blossom into something beautiful. So point number four, prioritize more time to yourself <clears throat> yeah my throats i've not got covid by the way um i'm always para i think i would rather fart on this podcast than cough now um so prioritize more time to yourself for me i mentioned that already reading and going out for walks is time to myself now so is exercise exercise is time to yourself um and it's it's a big one you need to make sure that you're you're putting some time aside because we get so caught up now in this fast paced moving world that yeah, it's, it's easy to just sit on your phone and be plugged in all the time. And I notice myself doing it and I notice it. I notice how it affects my mental health. I feel, I feel like a prisoner to my phone. Um, I've mentioned this before in my podcast. Um, I, I used to smoke 
And one of the reasons that I stopped smoking was because I felt like I was a prisoner to a cigarette and I hated that feeling. I felt weak. I felt like, like I felt like something had control of me and I don't like I don't like other people being in control of me. I like being in control of my own body, controlling the controllables. And I felt like that was something I couldn't. And I felt like it's something that was going to give me long-term health effects and I just, I didn't like it. And I didn't like how it, I mean, it affected my identity and stuff. So I changed. And I think it needs to take something like that. But um, that time to yourself, like being on your phone, that's what I feel like sometimes with it. Like up until early, even through lockdown when I was in a bit of a place where I was chasing my tail with my business and stuff, I felt trapped to my phone. I had to be. I was doing seven live uh, sessions a week. I was doing two live Q&As. I was creating content every day. I was back and forth to clients on there because obviously I had to do check-ins via the phone, via WhatsApp. I was just dialed into my phone and it was making me feel horrible. I felt like a prisoner to it. But now I've got these... Um, rules in place where it's going it's nothing ever good happens in social media after 8 p.m i mean you don't need to be on your phone at 8 p.m at night 9 p.m you're not missing anything and i think it took me a long time to realize that you feel like if you're not on there you're going to be oh my god i'm going to miss out on this post i'm not going to be the first person to like it it doesn't matter so make sure you've got more time to yourself that's a big one again so good for your um mental health do you know what i mean for your for your mindset for your headspace and i touch base on a lot of this stuff more now like people coming to me when they like they they come for say to build muscle. I used to focus so much on the training. Now I realize that your head needs to be in a good place because if your head's not in a good place, your, your, your training's not going to be in a good place. Your body composition's not going to be in a good place. Your physique, your strength, your fitness goals. It's very, very easy to uh, fall off the wagon. And I experienced this all the time. Even last week, when I, two weeks ago, when I injured myself and it's, it's hard. I'm, I, I'm someone that likes to do a lot. I like to do a lot of running, cycling, a lot of conditioning work. I like to train pretty, what people would class as pretty hard. And it was having that knee injury is debilitating and you're immediately like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So um, it's easily done. Um, so you need to make sure that like your head's always in the right space. Now, obviously, I know that I need to let my leg rest. It's now in a better place. I've done what I could. I trained up a body. I went out for walks and stuff. That's all you can do. Um, now it is a lot better but at the end of the day if that that week and a half there was pretty hard for me mentally because it was like it's debilitating it's like someone's stripping away your your superpower from you it's like someone's stripping away your one of your limbs one an ex, it's an extension of you um so i think that if you are on your phone till 11 p.m every single night 12 p.m sitting up to 1 p.m watching netflix don't plan for the day ahead you're not exercising, you're not going to fucking feel good, especially living in Scotland right now with this dark, cold weather and we're living through a pandemic. So make sure that you're prioritizing time to yourself and you've got a decent routine in place because it's so important. Um, number five, this is a, a big one. Um, being super busy doesn't mean that you're being necessarily mean it, being effective. When I started off as a coach, I worked six days a week. I get busy very quickly. I worked hard, I worked my ass off. I was in the gym floor constantly. But I was working off the epic, like you can sleep when you're dead. Um, if you're not in here six days a week, you're not working. And to be honest, some of the guidance I was receiving at the time from a lot of PTs was, ah, you need to be in here all the time. And it wasn't, it wasn't like smart. It wasn't good advice. It was, it was pretty like not good for your mental health and your physical health advice. I actually got that run down at one point that I got tonsillitis. I was uh, prescribed penicillin on like five occasions by the doctor. It then went to, turned into gingivitis. I was ill for nine days. I was that mentally run down and physically run down because I was working till 9 p.m., coming in, getting my dinner, try to do programs, sitting up till 11 p.m., going in, taking a spin class at 6 a.m., running my body into the ground, all for the sake of building a business. I mean, it's actually ridiculous when you say it out loud. 
And uh, I got really ill. I actually lost it was something like seven kilograms in nine days. Like, it was the worst. It was I was so ill. I think it like like the, looking at the way I didn't have pneumonia or anything, but it's on the level of sort of like I was I was crippled. I was going to say it's on the level of someone with COVID. I don't know what that's like. I've never had it. That's such a stupid comparison. <laughs> but um, it was bad. I was really, really ill. Like I was, I remember one of the days I actually cried. It was, I was that ill. It was like, when is this going to be over? I've never experienced that. And that was from running my body into the ground. So a big, big lesson there for me is that. And um, working in that environment, I, I left the gym group and um, obviously I stopped over in March. But I think that changed the environment. My full time there, I was just under the, I need to be the busiest here. That, that's my identity. I need to be the busiest trainer. What you start to realize is just being overly busy just dilutes other areas of your business, your life. And people do this with the gym and stuff, with um, training. And they think they need to be in. They start off with the gym. Oh, I love that. I love the gym. They're not getting any plan. They're just gymming, which is great. And like, I'm going to go three days a week. I'm going to go four days a week. I'm going to go five days a week. Then they're in there six days a week. Then they're like, right, I'm going to go to this class, this class. And I see it all the time. There's people going to like nine classes a week. You don't need to be going to nine classes a week. You need to ask yourself, why are you going to nine classes a week? Do you want to become a body pump instructor? Go and do a course. You don't have to go to nine classes per week. There's absolutely no need for that. Like, you just make sure that you're, you've got a clear sight of what you're actually trying to do. And I think this is a big one. Like, and I've learned this over the years. Like, your training volume doesn't need to be as hard, hard and high as you think it does. You can transform your physique like two to three hours of training a week, progressive resistance training. But there's folk telling you, you need to do like a six-day bro split. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to do that. Um, so yeah, being overly busy doesn't mean you're necessarily being effective. So sometimes to do more, you need to do less. Um, people are training way more than they actually need to be. I've literally just touched on that point there. Yep, that's a massive one there. So the, the, can I go back onto that point there? that I was saying about um, body pump and stuff. I'm not bashing classes. I'm not dissing them. I'm not putting them down. I love seeing folks so happy moving, uh, expending energy, feeling fit. But um, the thing is that the the rules, the principles of fitness, the laws of fitness, you will reach a point of going to certain classes where if it's not got like adequate coaching, you you reach a point where you're, you're, you hit a ceiling. You will. It's only a matter of time because... You can only do some of these things. They're choreographed, they're designed for, for Joe Average, they're designed for everyone, they're generalized. So you're going to hit a point where you're like, I could probably do a bit more weight here. Oh, there's no more available weight. Or oh, if I do a bit more weight, I won't be able to keep up with the choreographed music for this. So it's it just, you reach a point like that. So, and a lot of people think that to make get more improvements, they have to be doing more of the thing that wasn't working. So all of a sudden you get folk going to 10 spin classes a week and all that. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, what the, the hell are you doing? And I think people lose sight of um, the principles of training. They forget. They lose sight of um, progressive overloads. They lose sight of recovery. They lose sight of measurable progress. Well, they, they start using the wrong things to measure themselves. They're, they're weighing themselves. They're going, why is my... Like, they're saying generalized things to me, like, Christian, I've not lost any weight, and I'm exercising, I'm eating healthy. And I'm like, right, what are you doing exercising? I don't know, just circuits and this. You're like, right, are you tracking any of your stuff? No. What's your activity like out of the, the gym? Oh, I don't know. Hey, what's your nutrition like? Oh, I eat healthy. I'm like, these are just words to me. They don't actually mean anything. When you start getting someone to start setting like formidable goals, it's like, right, I want to be able to do a pull-up. Right, cool. Let's see where you're at right now. Right, you can do in one negative rep. Like, let's make a program. I want you to be in here doing this. And once you start to get a clear sight of what you actually want, you can start working back the way and you can roadmap it instead of just saying, I want to lose weight. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always say it. I think I mention it on every podcast now. Just saying that you want to lose weight is great. You look like you want to bet. You, you're, you're making a movement that you're trying to better yourself. That's good. But at the same time, you're like, right, 
you need to there's a bit more to it than that that's just like a business saying that they want to make money do you know what i mean you need to you need to be a bit more context to it a bit more depth so how we think about that as well so yep you don't need to be trained as much as you think you do training should be a thing where you're trying to chase a a training improvement you need to be chasing something that you either want to get bigger or stronger or fitter and you just try to chase something there then once you know that you can start doing it like you don't even need to be in a gym to lose fat so if you're training solely for fat loss dive a wee bit deeper and open your eyes up a bit more if you are really struggling i'm always here you can drop me a dm catch me up on instagram or facebook whatever um and if you want to obviously do a bit of work with me you can do that you can see if you're local to me um and if not if you if you're listening if you, you're from another country um, or you're across the pond you're in america you're in the caribbean listening because i've got a lot of listeners from there strangely enough um it's um obviously you can seek out coaches and stuff in your area or help do you know what i mean that's i think that's a big one um and then number seven people people make nutrition way harder than it needs to be it, honestly like i've done a, a podcast on this as well like why do we make it so hard i think you need to come to terms with the fact that you're always going to have a binge. So I am you. You're always going to have a, a binge, right? You're always going to have weekends where you go out, you have you go out for a takeaway or you order a takeaway. And, so you go out for a takeaway. You go out, order a takeaway to the house, you have beers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Next day you wake up, you have a fry up. And you're like, fuck it, let's go out for lunch. Oh my God, I'm not trained. It's always going to be there. However, it's, it's building the habits to be in a place that you know when you've overconsumed, you know when you need to do a wee bit more movement to uh, replenish your expenditure because you've, you've, you've overconsumed a bit or you know that you've not been eating enough nutrient-dense foods. But the only way you're going to get better at doing this is by taking action. Like actually like maybe use MyFitnessPal for a couple of weeks to build up a bit of awareness and um, do a bit of research on YouTube, watching videos, listening to podcasts on nutrition, um, maybe trying out different things like coming up with different ways to measure your food using like hand measurements. So using those different ways you can do that. You could use the scales once and use things in your house, like pots, pans that fit like the scale. So you could literally use a mug, pour in a measure of pasta, then weigh it. Then, you know, for example, that's that exact, that's a good portion for you. Then you don't have to sit and weigh it. You can just scoop it out using a cup. But these are habits that you need to form. And I think a lot of people do that. They don't make an effort with nutrition. Um, they just say things like I'm eating healthy which is great um, but they think that's what they need to do in order to lose fat which it is to an extent but you need to make sure that you're in a caloric deficit to lose fat at the end of the day that's the principle um, and then it doesn't work they, they don't measure it properly they don't look at the lifestyle anywhere else and they go this doesn't work what's the point I always try this and they start identifying this loser they manifest this bad mindset and it's just a vicious cycle whereas you tell someone to do a wee bit of groundwork like maybe seek out a bit of help from a coach pay for coaching um, or like go and do a bit of research online, listen to podcasts and I'm looking at you like, that seems like a bit of effort and you're like, but everything involves a bit of effort. Do you know what I mean? You're always going to have days or weeks of overconsumption. It's just being okay with that. Like I do it myself. Um, had a lot to eat the weekend. I was out eating, I had Domino's and Friday, beers on Saturday, heavy weekend. But at the same time, still trained on Saturday for the day. Still kept up my habits. Went out for a big walk on Sunday. Went for a big walk on Saturday. When I got to Monday, I just got after it as usual, plan my week. I didn't dwell on it. Whereas a lot of people go, oh my God, that's one my week. My week's a write-off. Like what you consume at the weekend doesn't negatively impact what you've done during the week. Yeah, if you're on a fat loss journey and you're absolutely binging to the point where your calories are up at like eight, 9,000 on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then yeah, you need to obviously identify that. But realizing that it's, it's not going to be the end of the world if you're you're not absolutely on point all the time this is we're human beings like takeaways alcohol all these things are always going to be there but it's building a better relationship with food 
Um, that's a big one, big life lesson of being a coach. I started off and I was like, oh my God, I need to make people meal plans. I need to, um, I need to do this, I need to do that. Right, how do you work out someone's exact calories? There's no such thing as an exact calorie intake. It's telling someone to build up a better relationship with food, getting them a better relationship with movement, getting them to move more and understand and measure things and, and see that it's, it's very, very measurable and it's very, very easy to progress when you do it. Um, so yeah, like nutrition, like it, 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 people make it way harder than they need to be and they shouldn't. Um, so number eight, define set success before you start ch- chasing the wrong things. Um, the things that you will initially, uh, so the things that you initially thought were maybe what defines success will just happen as a byproduct. Now I'll give you a great example of this. When I started off as a PT, I was measuring my level of success on how much money I made and how many sessions I done in a week. That's a very, very bad thing to do when you're a self-employed PT, especially when you're, you, you maybe don't have systems in place or you're still learning the ropes and stuff. Like, see when a personal trainer says, I'm fully booked, it takes quite a bit to get to there. And even still, I'm a very, very busy coach. Like, I can't, right now, I can't take any more people on at this time being right now. I've got two more people coming in to speak to me next week. And that, that that's a push. I went beyond where I've said I would. But at the same time, you're always going to get people, I don't know, it could be illness, it could be someone someone losing their job, especially right now, it could be whatever, like, and they're going to cut off personal training right away. So, like, at the end of the day, if you're measuring your success as a self-employed personal trainer and how many sessions you're doing, it's quite hard to get to that point where you do have a waiting list. It's pretty hard. Um, and uh, I think you need to make sure you're focusing the right things. And people do this with, like, their progress with fat loss. Like, at the end of the day, if you're on a fat loss journey and you want to do it for like a five month period, or whatever, you're going to see a change in the scales. But within a week, two weeks, the fluctuations might not be where you want them to be. They could fluctuate so much. They could go up, they could go down. But inevitably, if you're on a long-term fat loss journey, they're going to go down. But what I'm getting at is they're not going to be what you want them to be every single week. It may only change by half a pound and that might put you down, but you could be standing on the scales at a different point in the day. And I think measuring your progress solely using that is one of the biggest errors people make. It was like me defining the success of my business with uh, money. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, a profitable business is a successful business. But looking at it week in, week out and going, right, I've done 30 sessions this week. Why I've only done 28 this week. What's going on? It's going to happen. And it's realizing that. And I think it's the same with fat loss. You need to come to terms with the fact that fluctuations are going to happen on the scales. That's completely normal. But you need to be focusing on other things. So yeah, fat loss. What should you be focusing on? You should be focusing on building a better relationship with food. You should be focusing on being accountably more active. You should be focusing on finding that next size that you enjoy, being part of a community. All of a sudden, the thing that you used to be so focused on, the scales, the number on there, oh my God, I've lost 14 stone in two months. Um, 14, 14 stone, 14 pounds in two months. Yeah, that's because you're focusing on how you feel with it. It's been easy. It's been a doddle. I've had all these people to carry me through it. I'm loving my exercise. Um, I'm listening to podcasts when I'm going out for walks. You look brilliant. Fantastic. You're focusing on the right things. So make sure that you define success before you start chasing the wrong things. That's a big, big one there. Um, Number nine, don't be scared to ask for help. Um, Now, this is something I've got a great relationship with now. Like, I see other coaches doing excellent. I maybe see them do things like, I don't know, maybe they've got a videographer or they've got like the, the content they use was good or they're using, they've done something well with their po- content, their podcast graphic or the sound or this microphone, for example. This microphone, for example, was uh, Chris Bradley, the Glasgow PT. I had him on my podcast. And I was like, what mic was that you were using, mate? That's excellent. Blue Yeti. Ordered one. Sounds brilliant. Better be sounding brilliant. 
120 quid. But um, I know it's worth every single penny. It makes the podcast sound ace. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those things that people, more people need to be reaching out and asking for help. And that's, I think it, it goes just beyond training. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I think a lot of people like mental health is a big one as well. Now more people need to be asking for that. If you, if you think there's something up, like you think that you've got bad anxiety, you think there's maybe like you've, you've got like, there's, there's some things that aren't going on well with your mental health and stuff is the chances are that there probably is. And you should be reaching out. You like the best part, you, you can't fix this stuff yourself. Do you know what I mean? You, you need you need to admit it first and stop being in denial and then you need to reach out for help. So like kind of, obviously I'm not a mental health professional, we disclaimer there. Um, but I think that's so important. You need to be cool with that. You need to reach out and definitely ask for help. But it could be, I see it in the gym all the time with like young guys, especially. I, I don't know. I know this because I was there and they're looking at he's a fucking, what do you know, Christian? You're just a, a PT. You've done a six week course. And they don't see, they're, they're, they're looking at the wrong things and stuff. They're, do you know what I mean? They've been taught off their, their dad's pal how to do a bro split and they think they're experts in the field of lifting weights. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if they've been consistent in the gym lifting weights, you're going to yield muscle, you're going to build muscle, but it doesn't make you an expert in the matter. Do you know what I mean? I like reading, but I wouldn't say I'm a philosopher of the books. Do you know what I mean? I, I like I like doing things like podcasts. I wouldn't say like I'm up there with Joe Rogan. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, I think sometimes people just, there's a difference between competence and being cocky. Do you know what I mean? Like being confident and being competent and being overly cocky. Competence involves action. And competence is when you're actually doing shit and getting shit done and you follow through and you stick to your word. You might not be the best in the world at it, but you're someone that relentlessly shows up. But I tell you what, the other people that get better at it. And then being cocky is just when someone's like, oh, like they're just saying things. But then I always like it because like I always get like, I always call it the PT police my clients would stay stuff like my pal says that I'm wasting money to come into you Christian I'm like all right and lie to me on this and they'll maybe dive in a wee bit deep, deeper and they'll be like oh is that your your pal that wears the belt in the gym to train arms for an hour do you know what I mean like they obviously know what they're talking about and I'm not trying to belittle anyone or that but it's just people are just that everyone's very quickly to be negative towards you when they don't actually even know you they don't even know you as a person and it's it's something that I've learned as a coach over the years, and it's probably something worth adding into this podcast, is you should not judge a book by its cover. Do you know what I mean? You, you really, really shouldn't. Like, I've met and worked with so many great people. Um, I've met some people that have actually been really surprisingly horrible to me with money and stuff like that, where they've came and they've been my client for a while, and then they've just ditched me after owing me money for my service that I've provided them and stuff, and it's so surprising. But that's only a small, small percentage. But I've met some like amazing people and worked with so many folk, and... Um, like you, you just need to be obviously under understanding that you need to get to know someone first before you can start just making judgment calls on them and what you think of them. Like for the best part, if someone sees someone else doing well, it's usually a sign of jealousy. I mean, they're envious that someone's in that position and they're just being negative. Um, I'm lucky to be in a position that um, I love my job and I just I'm just I love going to work every single day. I love doing what I do. I love making this podcast. I love. I love helping people and sometimes there's probably going to be people in other jobs that may be unhappy and they're like, they would like to be in that position as well. And it's that, uh, I read it in Chimp Paradox, the one in five rule. It doesn't matter what you do, like one person out of five is always going to dislike you. And I think it's just coming to terms with that um, and being okay with it. Um, yeah. So number nine. So yeah, do not be scared to ask for help. It's a massive one. So it could be asking your friend for advice on how to lift better. It could be going to a coach. 
could be something with your work, university, might be someone in your uni that you don't like, but their class at a topic that you're studying, I don't know, like, don't be scared to ask for help, um, because anyone that you've ever seen that's in a position that's, like, very successful, they've all had mentors, they've all had help, they've all not been scared of asking, that's a massive one. Um, number 10, you aren't entitled to anything, so you're not entitled to anything, we're entitled to live, do you know what I mean, like, we're entitled to an opinion, um, and to be honest, that's about it. And it's something that I've learned. And you see it a lot. There's P- PTs are massive culprits for this. It's the highest turnover rate ever. It's something like most PTs will only last like nine months to a year. People go like that, oh, I'm in shape. I'm going to become a personal trainer. And you're like, well, so you're just going to drop your job and go and start as a self-employed business to sustain a good income and make a name for yourself because you look good with your top off. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And when you say it like that, it's like, that's pretty crazy. You're going to devote your life to becoming a coach and helping folk because you look good with your top off. It's pretty mental. Um, and I think that, oh yeah, because I, I look good that way, uh, I'll get clients. And the sad truth is, the sad truth is that, that it does work like that for like, there's PTs that I know, like I always say the, 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 spite, the spice boy, spice girl. If you're a bit spicy, if anyone doesn't know what that means, it's basically like you kind of, you, you look good on Instagram, you get a lot of likes and, you, you fit the mold and because you look at your top of whatever, you, you might not post any content, you might not give anyone any value, but they'll be busy because that person looks good and that is the way that the fitness industry is and do you know what, like I'm not sitting bashing anyone like that, like they're probably good coaches and stuff like that as well but I know there's a lot of people that from my experience feel like they're probably not a good coach, they're probably in the job for the wrong reason, focusing on the wrong things. I think it's that maybe they're looking at what I was saying there, they're defining set successes, all things like defining success is how many followers you have on Instagram and defining success as um, maybe, do you know what I mean? Like what you look like with your top off, like it, it doesn't really work like that. Like for me, um, I spoke about this with my coach a while ago. Um, defining success is having the most meaningful impact that I can on the biggest audience possible whilst doing what I enjoy um, and just loving my job and making a good income doing it. That is for me, that's the fit, success. And what, what, what you find with that is, yeah, as, as it grows bigger and bigger, you, you earn more money, you have a larger impact, but ultimately that's what I want. And um, it's having these things in place and that, that's what's going to get you moving in the right direction. So you're not entitled to anything. And um, it's the same with like people when I mentioned about the nutrition tracking and they're like, I done that for a week and it didn't work. And you're like, no, Energy in versus energy out is science. It 100% works. You've done tracking for one week and you didn't make it work because you weren't consistent. You need to differentiate the two from this. It's not the same thing. And it's this like people are, they, they want someone else's habits. They're like, how come they can do that? And how come that person can stay in lean year round? And how come they can, they can be that fit? And you're like, because they've put the work in. They've built amazing habits that are now going to be with them for the rest of their life. But they took action. And they, they, they just got on with it. They, they, just, they just kept going and it just got better and better. So that's a, a big one there. Um, and number 10, well, it's actually number 12. I actually wrote this down. Uh, sorry, number 11. I just told you it's number 10 there. I've wrote 10, 11, 10. So yeah, so number 11, action speaks better than words. Excuses does not get shit done. And as a coach, I've probably heard every single excuse you could imagine. Honestly, like every single one. And uh, they, it doesn't like, I would say like slowing down or stopping is only going to let someone else in the same position you get to where you want to be faster than you. 
that was a bit longer than I don't know how I usually say that. Um, but you get what I'm saying. You get the gist of it. Like stopping, like giving up shouldn't be an option. And like, yeah, things are going to slow you down. You might get injured, like I mentioned earlier on. You might have um, a breakup, a relationship. You might have um, illness with a family member, death in the family. And, and these things are always going to happen, but it's learning to just being relentlessly consistent and keep showing up and um, and just learn that, do you know what I mean? Like excuses aren't going to get shit done. They're just not. They're, they're just going to slow you down. And that's what I always think. Like today, this week, like with, obviously i've had just such good news week in week out my business and stuff podcast had amazing guests on my clients are getting phenomenal results my boot camp i'm absolutely loving my group training everything's in such a good place and this week mentally i've just felt a wee bit lower with my leg it's like i've, I've even got an event this week that i might have to cancel and um, a duathlon it's just like a wee sort of unofficial one and i'm like it just puts me down so much but then i was sitting thinking like need to get out my walks. I went out my walk, listened to a podcast, came back in. I was like, right, I need to get this podcast done because that's me posted one every week now for 19 weeks. Can't not do it. Need to get it done. And I think like that action just is going to keep building. And you remember those weeks when you're feeling like that the next time you feel down because you build resilience and, and you get better, you get bigger and you get stronger and you just learn to keep going because nobody else is going to do it for you. Do you know what I mean? I don't do this podcast this week. Like, and I, f I feel obligated to do it now as well. Like I love like the average listener to it. I was just looking at it. It's like 130 average listeners per podcast now. And there's uh, this, the 19th episode. I mean, that's quite a big audience when you start divvying it up. It's like nearly 3,000 people have nearly three. There's, there's 19 podcasts probably averaging nine, an hour each, right? That's 19 hours of listening. And they've been less played nearly 3,000 times. That's massive. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's a lot of hours like being tuned into there. And I, I feel obligated to do this now. I feel like I like that people are listening into it and stuff. So that's a great thing. And that obviously helps drive. But I suppose I always say to everyone as well, when it comes to making habits in the gym, habits for your lifestyle, you need to get past that initial choking point. So the choking point is basically, like, imagine when you're pulling a lawnmower, I'm doing, doing a gesture in my hand right now, and you're trying to get it started. And you're like, right, pulling it tight and you have to pull it like five times and then the petrol lawnmower just starts up. That choking point is basically what I always describe people's fitness journeys at the beginnings. Like that first four weeks is crucial. And um, that first 28 days in the gym, like getting more comfortable. First week might not make any sense to you. You might feel anxious, but you just need to do it. You just need to get in. And I've been doing that with the podcast now that the first, I remember like the first, the first sort of six episodes were easy. They flowed well, I had a bit more time. And I remember after that, like I started to be like, right, who am I going to get on next? What am I going to talk about? And it was stressing me out a wee bit. And the listeners weren't massive in that. It wasn't, it wasn't out there. And because it is getting out there, but it took me to get to now that I know it's an obligation of me now. I know that people want to listen to it and stuff. So that's a great thing. Um, so I was like, right, now it just becomes second nature. And uh, I spoke at this in another podcast recently. Like when I started, I made a, a point of uh, posting on social media every single day, just about two and a half years ago, two years ago or something, I think it was, two years ago. And so much has came from that. The podcast has came from it public speaking opportunities. Um, I've got better at delivering a better service to my clients. Um, I was confident at delivering educational content over lockdown and stuff. Um, the, my following's growing. Loads of things. But it all started with me posting on social media every day. And I remember like people at the time would be like snigger and laugh, like maybe other coaches, like, oh, what are you doing? Try to become a um, Instagram sensation. And by no means am I at all. But like I could see where it was going to go. As in like I could see that it was going to deliver more value to people. I could see that it was going to help me grow as a, as a coach, as a person and stuff, which it has. 
and but some people can't see that sometimes so you need to remember that action speaks better than words and once you start doing things might not make sense initially but once you start going they totally will so just get shit done stop making up excuses and take action and then the last point um number 10 i've literally just used the example i was going to use there understand the power of consistency this literally ties in what we spoke about there understand like what showing up every single day will do for you i've literally just used all the examples there like how i couldn't be asked but i felt obligated because of the habits that i built and i wish people seen it the same way i did i really really wish they did i wish they they seen like when i get a client in now and maybe they're going to work with me for the next six months or whatever they've signed up to i don't know like a block of 10 weeks of training and they're like i'm going to do another one after this so i know i'm going to be training with them for at least six months um checking in with them on the sunday and stuff and i'm thinking about they, they go they maybe have a, a poor night's sleep no oh, christian i feel so weak today and i'm like no it's just part this is all part of it like but i can still see the progression be made and i know in four weeks they're going to be able to hip thrust like x amount of weight i know that they're going to be able to do a unassisted chin up in so many weeks i know that they're going to lose another six to eight pounds and, but they can't see that but i can't i'm I can't, i'm looking at the habits going that was really good this week that was great right focusing this now right now don't worry about that at all you can do that but they're focused on the then and now but i understand that if they keep doing what they're doing they're just going to rope, roadmap themselves to, uh, to success so the last one consistency understand that i thought i would just round it off with that anyway ladies and gents thank you very much for tuning in to episode 19 lessons learned the kdh commandments um i called it 11 i think it was 12 Honestly, like this was so improv, this uh, podcast. So uh, I do feel much more confident with them as well. So the power of consistency, guys. Um, yep. So thank you very much for tuning in. As normal, if you have tuned in, make sure you screenshot it and bang it on your stories on Instagram and Facebook and tag me in it because it's always good to get the message out there. So catch you in a bit. And thank you very much for tuning in. If you are listening on Apple, make sure you give me a good rating as well on Apple Podcasts. Right. Bye, guys.